Welcome, everybody, to episode number 71 of the Still City Insider Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jeremy Ritz, alongside Mr. Jim Wexel. Jim, how are you on this fabulous Wednesday? I tell you, I'm great, Jeremy, because the beginning of camp with the six straight days last week, I think you were part of that last week, at least the last three days, um, it's over. And those were the dog days. It's funny because people will start saying, like the third week is the dog days. No, we're starting preseason ball. There's a travel day off. There's the game day off. And then the next day, the players rest. So as reporters covering this, we're heading in. The dog days are over. The, the dog and days. That was nice. You you were in the thick of the dog days, man. I was. I was. And you. I tell you what, you worked me very hard when I was out there. You know, I, I was coming out there. I was like, hey, enjoy checking out this team. But, man. Jim had me working the whole time. So, you know, doing research. You should have seen Roy Countryman hustling today. He was there. He was working hard. Hey, you 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 put us to work, but we enjoy it and it's a, it's a lot of fun. But we do have a week of, I guess we can call it a week of firsts. Uh, a lot of exciting things coming this week, beginning with that first preseason contest on Friday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, minus Tom Brady this year. And he wouldn't play anyway because... You know, those those big namers don't really get a lot of reps. But we also have the first. It's not Tomlin Tuesday, but it's going to be a Tomlin Wednesday today. First press conference. Yeah. Yeah. Hooray. <laughs> I, it, it It is nice because now we're talking about games. And that is part of my dog day speech. You know, we, we have two press conferences tomorrow. Uh, this is Tuesday night. We're taping this, but. Probably come out Wednesday. Probably watch it Wednesday. But there's two Wednesday press conferences. One's Andy Andy Weidel is going to talk. I'm not sure what we're going to ask him, but the NFL now wants to make available one of the personnel uh, chiefs who is not the general manager. So Andy Weidel now gets a chance to talk about the roster. And that'll be cool. That's at 10:30, and then Mike Tomlin's at 11:30, and He'll talk about the quarterbacks. And really, the only thing I care about with the quarterbacks is I'm interested in seeing Tanner Morgan play, the fourth quarterback, who impressed me in practice the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, I like him. I I, we, I talked to him today, and I, I like his I like his attitude. Um, what did he say? Oh, some he had a real clever line. I it'll be in tomorrow's uh, uh, notes column, but. Um, I like his arm, and and I want to see if he is capable enough to make the practice squad this team and begin the development upwards. Like last year, uh, Oladokun, they just deemed him, no, no, they don't want to start that process. But uh, I'd like to see Tanner Morgan start the process because you wouldn't figure Mason sticking around after next year if they have somebody, uh, and uh, so he could be the third next year be the practice squad guy this year. So that's about the only thing I care about that first preseason game. And of course I want to see Kendrick green play fullback in the preseason. Yes. Yes. And that's a a perfect, perfect transition to getting into what, what I got to observe at camp, which I got to be there for the birth. It was the, the birthplace of Kendrick green at fullback happened at the Friday night lights practice at Latrobe high school. Well, first, I gave you a taste of Pat Fryer Muth. Yes. Yeah, that, that made for uh, an interesting... I, I should have introduced you to, but I didn't want to hold him up as much. I mean, he came over and shook hands, and, and and I said, 
I did, I should have said, Jeremy always screws your name up. He thinks it's Freyermuth. I, I said, what is it, Freyermuth or Friermuth? I didn't say a thing about Jeremy, but he said, it's Friermuth. Friar? He stressed that. Like, he's tired of every, all of us Skinsers calling him Muth. Yeah. Muth. Okay, yeah. that's all. But anyway, so that was your first taste of greatness there when Pat came. Pat's a cool guy, and he, he gives you a fist bump on the sidelines, you know, every now and then. So that was cool. And uh, and then, uh, you know, Kendra Green stepped onto the field, and all hell broke loose. Yes. And it was uh, the the block heard around Latrobe where he flattened uh, a defender, and then he had a, a reception, and – you know, he was he was hunted down uh, after practice was over and you were actually on the beat to try to to locate him. And, you know, I saw your your veteran uh, detective skills at work where you just you knew right where he's going to be. And you were right. First in line to interview. Him. Well, <laughs> I led the small band over there. You saw my experience paying off. And also, which you probably didn't weren't aware of while we were trying to talk to him. As he continued talking to that girl, he, he told us, give me a minute. He didn't realize that playing three plays of fullback was huge news for us. Yes. <laughs> and the TV the TV heard was elsewhere. They were looking for star players. I don't even know if they were aware of Kendrick Green. So, A, you want to get Kendrick's attention before the herd comes over. And then every video camera is on it. And it's all on TV and the Internet before you can even transcribe your tape recorder mm. as an old school writer. So it was us old school writers over there. And Kendrick was just, you know, lollygagging, going slow. And then I heard the buses start up. Now that's huge at Latro. <laughs> I don't know if you know how huge that is, but my 29 years of training camp experience told me, come on, Kendrick. And, and he's like, he comes over, what? You know, the girl finally, your girl finally said, hey, you better go talk to those guys. No, I don't I don't know if that was a girlfriend he was trying to impress or who, but um a group of reporters waiting to talk to you is pretty cool in front of a girl, right? Come on, well, let's come talk before we all miss the bus. <laughs> anyway, so you saw some there, there's a lot that goes into getting interviews and uh that was... and getting them where not that you're hiding them from everybody, but you don't want the whole mob. Really, you try to avoid that yeah and what was unique about that just in in your question with with him was you know he kind of downplayed it and said ah you know this is just something coach threw in there and made it sound like you know we did this last year in preparation for that ravens game uh but then the following day we saw it again so well there's some merit well, there. uh, you know when i i said why do you he said well we're we're not going to do it we're not going to probably not going to do it again and that was the second time he said that. I said, why do you keep saying that? You pulverize people. I don't know if he knew how good he looked. Because mm -hmm. in the re in, in the pass catch, he ran the guy over too. I mean, he pulverized people in all three plays. But the one where he pulled, <laughs> wasted it. My, my guy, Toby. So apparently it's his friend. And he got his friend the next day too. He crushed a poor Toby in Dukeway. So um, I never heard of Toby and Dukeway until I had to look up number 45 after Kendrick pulverized him. <laughs> so that's how we all got to know Toby and Dukeway, my guy Toby. But he didn't – I don't think he realized how good he looked, and so he kept – I have a feeling the coaches did tell him, we're just going to put this on tape, go do some fun things for the fans here at Latro. 
And then they saw how effective he was. And then they used him again the next day. And the next day, it's still today. They did goal line today. He was a, a fullback in the eye. You know, he blasted up the middle. Did they score? And other things, other things. Uh, um, uh, Wolfley, Wolfley went down. Uh, he's going to write about it. He went down all the things he did. I mean, inline tight end, uh, wham block, um, uh, H-back, fullback in the eye, fullback offset, uh, going out in patterns, going out as a decoy. Um, just about everything. They, they, they're they throwing it all in there. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I like it because he's, he's a viable offensive lineman. He's played for the team for two years, so it's not like maybe it is saving his roster spot, but it's not just as a fullback. I mean, when if he's active on game day as the fullback for five to ten plays, they have an eighth uh, offensive lineman. You know, they only activate seven, and sometimes you get stuck. If you have more than two injuries, you're stuck. you got to move Darnell Washington into tackle, things like that. Well, now you have a guy who plays center and guard who's an emergency guy, and but you still have your top center guard backup, Nate Herbig. He he's the first guy. Yeah. Broderick Jones right now would be the second reserve. Those would be your seven. Well, now Kendrick Green, if you if he's an active fullback, he gives you an eighth offensive lineman in case of an emergency. So that's I like that. Yeah, and the Steelers love that positional versatility, and that's really uh, a, a unique skill set. Being able to transition from the offensive line to, uh, you know, the fullback position, but but being an upback at uh, the tight end. Um, so really, really exciting to see. Interesting stuff. Nice little wrinkle to to the offense, and that was definitely the big story from this weekend, and it's carrying over into this week. Who knows if we'll see it on Friday. But some of the other things that stood out, Jim, that I wanted to talk about were were some of the players who really, to me, stood out above the rest this this past weekend, Um, starting with Darnell Washington. And it might be repetitive because you're hearing a lot of people give him, you know, the recognition for just being outstanding so far in camp. But, man, he looked like a stud in all caps. Yeah, when you first see him, he's pretty impressive, isn't he? You say, let's feed this guy the ball yeah. over and over and over. Yeah. He's uh he was running through the third team secondary, running amok. I don't think anybody wanted to try to tackle him today. He didn't get much play today, but um I don't I don't know. I don't know if he's nicked, but he's a stud. I, I don't know what else to say about him. Catch, he can block. Um I know Matt Canada is very excited. He wanted him to to help block. Uh, and uh, he can catch, and he can run in the open field, and he can box out and go up and snare high passes in the end zone. How can you not throw to him in in the red zone? So it's exciting, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he definitely is a, a mismatch. And you know, the whole time that I was there, I'm like, all right, I'm trying to find some type of uh, something askew in his game. But I mean, it, it was solid. I mean, the only thing. Uh, that you could point out that maybe he had some challenges with is with some of the shorter outside backers uh, just getting under him and and pass protection. But, I mean, you're talking maybe one or two reps that that happened over the course of a couple days. So, uh, Well, it's it's obvious. I bet it's been 
in his ear, people in his ear forever. Get low, get low. I mean, he's six seven. He's listed at six seven two sixty seven, but he looks like a three hundred pounder to me. But lean, I'm not just huge, big man. You know, they had a tackling drill today in the open field tackling drill. They throw a quick pass, and a lot of it was second and third teamers. Joey Porter Jr. had a lot of reps, and he he failed. He's not much of an open field tackler. He he started trying to come faster and hit harder, and he would just whiff. He would overcommit. Quan Alexander, same thing. Uh, But Hakeem Butler caught a lot of passes. He just knocking these safeties. And and I don't want, I don't think linebackers were on him, but they were part of the drill. But Hakeem Butler isn't, he's he's like what, 6'5, 6'6? Not 250, yeah. 260. So he's not even as big as Darnell Washington. And they were bouncing off him like flies. You know, he he dominated that drill. Mm. If he could only catch better, Darnell can catch. And Darnell plays tight end. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be one uh, one strong positional group there at tight end this year. Very excited to see all those cats together out there getting it done. Another play I wanted to bring up that it that does reside in that tight end space, but is hybrid and is versatile, like we were talking about Kendrick Green, and that's none other than Connor Hayward. Wow, this guy is a Connor. Game. Connor threw a touchdown pass today. Man, I wish I would have <laughs> saw that. <laughs> it was a goal line. He he came in a jet. He at first ran a, run a jet, and he was stopped before the goal line, and maybe one or two snaps later. He ran another jet and pulled up and uh, shot put into pass to Pat Fryermuth, Muth, and and, uh, and 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 it was a really ugly pass. It was a shot put, and we asked Kenny. Kenny Pickett talked after practice. Kenny said, "We're going to have to work on that shot put. You know, he can throw better than that." That's a good friend of his, Connor Hayward, okay. and so. Um, we we had, somebody asked uh, Kenny who has impressed him, maybe some uh, not 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 a, a top tier player. And he said Gunnar Olszewski. He goes for that number four spot. I really like Gunnar Olszewski. And I was listening on the radio on the way home. People were saying it sounded like Ben talking about Ryan Switzer. Mm-hmm. I, I think Gunnar's much more explosive than Ryan Switzer. Uh, and Gunner was really good in that open field drill. Some of the top guys couldn't tackle him. Um, so you know, I, I was I wasn't so sure about Gunner because I think Calvin Austin is going to win that punt return job. Wow! And Gunner was an All Pro punt returner. You know, last year you probably don't believe he was uh, All Pro uh, after watching him last year when he fumbled a couple times, but he's got it in him. And uh, he can get it back. Sorry about this light. No, you're good. So um, uh, Gunner got a lot of uh, love from Kenny Pickett today. That that should be noted, too. So, uh, you know, the the wide receiver position, Cody White had a big practice day, too. Yeah. So those those number uh, four, five, six guys, maybe seven. Who knows? But if if they keep Kendrick Green, if they keep 10 offensive linemen, they're going to have to suffer somewhere else. Anthony McFarland's having a great, great camp for for him, you know, good camp. And and they're happy. They like uh, all that training is now paying off. They're not going to cut a guy 
because he's not that good in his third year. Same with Kendrick Green. They're just going to get better. They're, they're going to give you the best that you've you, you've kept them when they were inexperienced and worst players. Why would you keep them then and not keep them now when they're in the last year of their contract, they're at their, their height for you? So I think that's Anthony McFarland. Now, if you cut him, does he stay on your practice squad? Maybe does he get does he get disgusted by being cut by the Steelers so much that he goes to another team's practice squad? You can go really wherever you want. Yeah. A lot of people don't like to move, especially if they have a place here in Pittsburgh. So that could be in their favor. But I'm just saying that Kendrick Green and keeping a ninth or tenth offensive lineman, I think one year they only kept eight. But um Keeping a ninth or tenth offensive lineman is going to hurt you in another position, especially if you keep four tight ends. Yeah, it's uh, it, it becomes difficult that roster management when you're paring down. You know, you're you going from 90, 90 men down to whatever the the cuts are. But you know, those are difficult decisions that I would not want to make. It'll be interesting to hear if uh, and Andy Weidel Weedle whatever <laughs> we didn't ask him how to pronounce it. Well, he he's not. He won't make any cuts. That's all coaching. That's all right. Coaching. But um, just in terms of personnel, you know, is you know, those types of decisions that have to be made here in the next couple of weeks, they're going to be difficult. There's some some uh, players who are, well, stepping you know, up. you pick up extra guys in case of camp injuries and hasn't been any camp injuries, really. I mean, it looks like Casey's ready to come back tomorrow. Uh, Keanu Neal. Might be back in a couple day or, uh, days or two, but I, I, that's about all I had on the injury list. The two safeties and number 33, the guy who got run over by Landon Roberts twice and backs on backers. He hasn't been well since. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at the poor guy. He signed one day and gets blasted by Landon Roberts. Landon <laughs> Roberts did something today. You got to hear this play. Uh-oh. So Kenny's. Kenny's under center. No, Kenny's in the shotgun, right? And all of a sudden, uh, Zach Gentry comes in motion and goes under center as the quarterback. Nice. Gets the ball snapped, and Landon Roberts comes in and blows that thing up. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, let's put that play away. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So speaking of uh, someone getting blown up uh, and kind of a role reversal here, I don't, I can't remember if it was a Landon Roberts or maybe Quan Alexander, uh, but just wanted to highlight Jalen Warren's performance in camp and just, I mean, not just running the football, but in pass protection. And he lit somebody up and did the the muscle pose over top of him. Tom Who's Landon Roberts? Landon Roberts was the bully of the first backs on backers. Uh, I was raving. I hadn't seen anything that explosive since Woodley and Timmons were, were young. And uh, he, he he hurt that number 33. He's still sidelined. Hmm. And uh, Landon was saying, uh, and he predicted before that he would show everybody. Everybody's going to be surprised how explosive he is. He said, "He's. I think I'm one of the mo- most explosive players in the NFL. He said the day after that. Hmm. And he's a cool guy. Don't get me wrong. He's not being boastful, but Jalen Warren dug into his chest and planted him on his back and then did the pose over him. And that was the only criticism Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin got on him for, you made a great play. Don't ruin it with 15 yards on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Roberts today, somebody asked him about it and he said, it was cool. I, I, you know, it's cool. I like Jalen. Jalen's a good guy. How, 
how can you not? Any teammate would like Jalen Warren. He's such a humble, hardworking kid. Yeah, his one year at Oklahoma State, I think he was a team captain. Uh, so, I mean, that speaks to the leadership. Yeah, yeah. But I like his uh, – the year that stands out to me is his high school, senior high school year in Utah. 3,000 yards. Now, come on. <laughs> you rushed for that many yards in high school, right? <laughs> 3,000 yards in one season. That's and he, he said, well, we played uh, – uh, we played the single wing. He goes, oh, and uh, my my left tackle went to Washington. My left guard went to UCLA. The center went to Oregon. You know, he he's about four guys got major, major D1 scholarships. Wow. And so that's why he was unrecruited. 3,000-yard runner is unrecruited. He had to go to Snow Junior College in Utah. And then... He went to Utah State and then Oklahoma State. Yeah. They found out it wasn't the line. Yeah. He's, he's definitely <laughs> special. And bring, the reason why I wanted to bring up Warren was just the contrast in performance. I know it's just a few practices, but there's definitely a different different element that Jalen Warren brings to the running game versus Najee Harris, whom, you know, I, I brought up uh, at practices just seemed lethargic. Um, and again, I know it's just practice, but the difference between Warren hitting the hole versus Harris, you know, it's intriguing. Uh, and I wonder if that's going to lead to more carries for him. And I'm not downplaying uh, what Harris can do, um, but just walk, walking away from camp, very impressed by what I saw. Najee's been looking a little better the last couple of days. There's been some explosiveness. So I don't know. Lethargic might not be the word. It also could be first team defense. It's true. You know, when they run Najee and those run heavy first team scrimmages on pads day, like today was a pad day. Uh, yesterday was a day off. And the day before that was no pads. So you knew they were going to come out and, and being Tuesday uh, before a Friday game, today would be the hitting day. Tomorrow you bring it down a little bit, Thursday, nothing, right? So you're ready, for, you're physically ready Friday. So everyone knew today was going to be a physical day. So that first team scrimmage, you know, is going to be all run heavy. Mm. And Najee's is starting back. TJ Watt and Cam Hayward and Landon Roberts. And they're all eyeballing Najee because they know it's heavy team run day. So that can help make you look lethargic too. Yeah, that's a good point. And iron sharpens iron. So, um, you know, he's not going to see many fronts, uh, the caliber that that there is in Pittsburgh. So uh, anything else you want to hit on, Jim? We covered uh, quite a bit here. Just standouts in camp. You mentioned Calvin Austin. I just did want to put uh, in a plug of just how explosive he did look, not just down the field uh, with attacking vertically, but just some of those underneath roots as well. You know, he he looked pretty impressive. He's looked explosive all camp. You know, every day it's another deep ball that he's pulling in. I don't understand where this, he had a poor first week. I heard it on the radio again today. He didn't. He looked good just because Trey Norwood broke up a deep ball that everybody thought was a drop. Everybody's been saying he's been inconsistent. I I think he's a speed ball. I, I think he's Willie Parker-esque. I think he's going to stretch the field. So that's a guy to watch Tuesday. That's another guy. Uh, what we're seeing in practice, is it for real? Are we, Are we? you know, let, let's see what this kid has, especially as a punt return. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely going to have all eyes on him in that first preseason contest this Friday. So, well, Jim, I think that uh, that about does it here. Uh, episode 71. Man, I can't believe we've been together this long, season three. I was joking with Jim. I said, hopefully, you know, I didn't annoy you so much. You're not going to have me back out here for another year for camp. But it was a blast. I just want to thank you for uh, having me out there. Had a lot of fun. For the record, you did not annoy me. <laughs> I don't know that if I don't think I yelled at you either. I, I escaped getting yelled at this time. You, you followed all the protocol. You were never out of position because my first week at camp, I got yelled at by everybody every time I turned around. Yeah. I was always in the wrong place. You were not. You were compliant. Uh, I don't want to say well-behaved. You were a professional. Let's put it that way. And I appreciate that. Because uh, well, you represent Steel City Insider and you did it well. I appreciate that. It was a lot of fun. And it, doing this podcast is a lot of fun. We appreciate all you viewers out there. We are so close to 500 subscribers. So please share with your family and friends. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do. Click that like, like button. Leave us a comment. Tell us that we rambled too much. We're okay with it. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll be back here for episode 72 to talk about the first preseason game. You can check out Jim's work at the Still City Insider. Give him a follow on Twitter at Jim Wexel. Give me a follow on Twitter at Still Study, and we will see you back here next week talking Steelers football, episodes 72. Have a great week, Jim. Okay, you too, Jim. Take care.